2: Everybody. welcome to another episode of John's Entitled Podcast. The last one before the new year, and uh, in light of all of the things that come around this time of year—making resolutions, not keeping them, so on and so forth—this uh, is going to be an episode full of a lot of uh, a lot of announcements, a lot of resolutions that we are going to make in this upcoming year with the podcast. But before we get to all of that, let me introduce you to not one but two co-hosts. Uh, first, with me as always, is Daniel Terry. Felice Navidad, that was yesterday, and uh, a pretty happy new year. How are you doing, Mr. Daniel Terry?
3: Oh, I'm good, man. I'm like the uh, the ghost of broken resolutions, and uh, <laughs> you, you make a whole bunch of promises that John's probably going to keep, and I'm going to try to keep as well.
2: And the other partner in this, yes, that was a fragmented uh, sentence I just started, uh, but that aside... We are joined by Metal Nexus's own BJ Fist, uh, Roe, and uh, how are you doing this evening?
4: I'm good, spending my evening with the two fine gentlemen. How could it be any better? With a third? <sighs> that, that's true.
2: That's that's some barstool action you got going on. If that were to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the fun thing about this, uh, the last episode of the guest of this podcast is actually Kaylee and Mickett from the band Rivals. Uh, we will kind of get to that discussion in a little bit. The reason we actually have BJ joining us this evening is because one of the first announcements we are making is uh, John's Entitled Podcast is going to be no more. Uh, we are rebranding. Um, I have felt kind of awkward about having my face and name literally uh, attached to the show Ever since having Dan join, uh, it's something Dan and I have talked about for quite a while and we just really hadn't been able to land on, uh, a name that kind of fit the format of everything and speaking to the format, if you've kind of been paying attention, uh, we have introduced talking about alcohol and spirits, craft cocktails, craft beer, uh, a little bit about craft, uh, I'll say small batch, uh, coffee making, uh, with our show sponsor, The Bean Bastard, and, um, Basically, that has been a long play. We started doing that knowing that this was going to be happening, and so I'd like to introduce you to the new official podcast of Metal Nexus, Brutally Speaking, B R E W t-a-l-l-y speaking where as you can kind of guess by the name uh we are going to be talking about brews of various kinds while it's also a fun double entendre pun of being brutally honest brutally speaking about things uh that we are interested in uh music you know topics of anything else that are gather our interests and uh you know, we kind of have landed on it. There will be a new logo uh, that is being made currently. should be maybe done in the next uh, few days. Um, but Fist was uh, had kind of reached out to us a little while ago um, when the podcast that was on his network uh, decided to move. And I got to say, I was kind of nervous. <laughs> uh, for those that you who probably know, uh, we are kind of an incestuous podcast family between Roach Coach, discography discussion talk to me podcast uh you know there's a handful of other podcasts as well um the talk to me podcast ended up uh deciding to step down for metal nexus and that's where this kind of had me ask me if I wanted to take over and i got to say uh replacing the talk to me podcast is is no small order
3: uh that podcast Big shoes. <laughs> clown shoes huge clown <laughs> shoes man yeah like it's going to take me and john putting each of our feet into one shoe to even come close, so.
2: I was gonna say all four of our feet, but.
3: we could do that too.
2: Okay. I don't know how big clown shoes really are.
3: (laughs) They're actually surprisingly snug. The rest of it's just air.
2: Oh, okay. So it's like a bag of chips.
3: Something like that.
2: Okay. But, so I wanted to have uh, Fist come on and kind of just uh, talk a little bit about Metal Nexus uh, for those who may not be aware of the site and kind of why he chose to want us (laughs) uh to to uh
3: be the official podcast for metal nexus tell me what you want me
4: (laughs) (laughs) let me count the ways uh pretty much i I like to write and i love metal i can't play any i played bass a little but let's face it i'm not very good uh so I, i couldn't really uh go pro with my musical uh instrument talent so uh i figured there was another way that i could i could help music so uh Um, I've I've amassed a a pretty great staff that's uh, we're pretty much like family at this point. Um, I think all together counting all of our contributors, we have like 20 people um, all across the U S from Philly to California. And then we have three people in England, um, one person in India, one person in Holland. And I think we cover like nine States right now as well. Um, So, and The the great thing is we cover a wide array of genres, Uh, anything from punk rock to black metal, pretty much, and everything in between.
3: What about like polka metal, like uh, you know, accordions? Get some fintral in there.
4: Uh, you know, it's I'm sure that I've received a hard copy of that that's uh, wanting a review somewhere. I just may not have gotten to it yet. (laughs) Uh, There's some very odd and strange stuff that uh that I've received before, so.
2: But no, so this has been something that's kind of been brewing, uh, pun intended. Uh, and if you've heard me say that before, there is, there is definitely reason for me saying that verbiage. Um, but this has been something that's kind of been in the works for a little bit. We've just kind of been waiting for, uh, the new year. It seemed very fitting apropos as it were to basically do all of this. Um, It's like I said, it kind of marries a lot of ideas, a lot of things. Um, Dan and I have been, we always talk about what we're drinking. um, But usually, like I said, I would always cut it out because I just didn't feel the need that it was necessary. But it's kind of fun. And uh, I know definitely from interviewing different bands and going to see uh people on tour and so forth uh obviously drinking is (laughs) is for better or worse a big part of touring and so forth and uh a lot of people that aren't in super big bands uh have day jobs and a lot of them are bartenders or work at bars because it allows them to leave uh for a while and then come back so it actually the more we kind of thought about it just fit um which will bring me to the cocktail of tonight. Uh, One of my resolutions for next year is that I want to get more involved in actually learning how to make craft cocktails. Uh, From the science of it to just everything, why different ingredients are used, seasonal ingredients and so forth, and just really have fun learning about spirits and craft cocktail making. Uh, So one of the first things I did was uh, I looked at the... Because whiskey typically is a drink that I go for. As such, uh, I found a... 25 cocktails made with whiskey Um, and so as a result I ended up uh, keeping that and one of the first ones that sounded interesting and and relatively easy to make was uh, the hobnail um, now, in this, it calls for a pig's nose blended scotch. Uh, I'm going to full disclosure here. I'm using Evan Williams because I had a half gallon that was gifted to me. I'm going to try on uh, try a lot of these with cheap whiskey before I waste really good expensive whiskey. <laughs> um, and the other thing, too, is I feel like if you can make a, a shit, quote unquote, shit bottom of the barrel whiskey taste really good, then I think you've kind of been able to really get the uh, the concept of the flavors and the flavor profile of the cocktail. So with that being said, I went for the hop nail. I didn't use a blended scotch. I used Evan Williams. Uh, but then you're looking at a three-quarter ounce pour of ginger syrup, three-quarter ounce uh, lemon juice. Um, let me tell you, finding ginger syrup is actually surprisingly hard. Uh, then a teaspoon of Amaro, and then two dashes of bitters, basically shake that over uh, some ice, and then you're just kind of left with a very nice uh, yellowy-orange cocktail garnished with a uh, nice... Uh, orange peel. Um flame it if you would like. If not, that's fine too. But first attempt at this. Uh got to say it's a good it's a good drink. Uh, I definitely have a lot to learn in the ways of uh making it look the way it does in the photo. Dan, what are you drinking?
3: Well, as a counterpoint to that, um I prefer my drinks prepackaged uh, <laughs> cuz I'm I'm what a lot of people in the old country describe as a lazy person. And so <laughs> You know, right now I'm just drinking Woodford Reserve Kentucky Straight bourbon whiskey. Just straight. I'm just drinking it straight in a a cup, a glass cup. I can see through it.
4: As a Kentucky native and bourbon courses through my veins, you can never go wrong with bourbon.
3: Absolutely not. I mean, it is, is, um, for me, like my favorite part of it is really just the inhale after you take a huge swig and you just feel like you, the entire inside of your mouth burning like that's just literally the only reason I drink bourbon <laughs> it's just for that uh just for that aftertaste that after effect um, but uh my trash I'm from south of St. Louis, Missouri and so like typically all <laughs> we drink down here is like Jim Beam out of out of plastic bottles
4: it's still and, Kentucky uh, it's still yeah, Kentucky so it's all right
3: absolutely um, this is a lot smoother than that, so like I'm not gonna have to like, excuse myself to use the bathroom a few times while we uh, <laughs> while we go through this. But uh, you know, typically it's weird that I, it's weird that I'm drinking bourbon tonight because typically I'm more the beer guy. Like as a as a con- in a contrast to John's, um, just incredibly detailed uh, <laughs> uh, mixing of, of of different ingredients to have a good result um i'm typically more of the craft beer local a lot of the beers that i talk about are local to st louis here where i'm from and gonna try to reach out and just kind of get an idea you know of of what they've got going on how they make their stuff so that like when john gives a big long explanation for what he's drinking i can be like well you see i went to the uh, brewery and i talked to johnny and he said that you know uh that way, uh, that way, my input isn't always like, "Hey, I got this beer at a gas station. You should try <laughs> it. <laughs> it gets you drunk if you drink enough of it." Um, but yeah, so I think, uh, I-, I think the two of those combined, it should be a pretty interesting overview of the types of drinks that the artists that we interview are into. You know, um, a lot of these band members are all about the craft beers, and if they don't drink, they're about craft coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even, um. Like they've got like craft teas out there now and just doing. I'm glad that we're not just like cutting it from the podcast anymore. You know, that it's, it's become enough of, you know, a thing to where literally every night John and I get on Skype and we're like, so what are you, what are you drinking? You know? <laughs> and now that that actually gets to be um, not exactly the center point, but uh, a good, uh, a good way to start things off, especially whenever you talk to somebody as often as John and I talk, it's not, um, all that interesting sometimes when it's like, hey, what's going on with you? I don't know, dude. You talked to me yesterday. (laughs) What do you
2: think? But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Dan and I do talk quite a bit. And I think the other thing, too, is, you know, without getting into so much of our personal lives, I think that you can learn a lot about (laughs) Dan and I through our our various uh, drinking stuff. And if you can't tell, I guess a little bit about me, I guess maybe I'm pretentious and I try too hard.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm super pretentious and don't try at all, so you know and bj what are you uh what are you drinking over there
2: tonight
4: uh i'm actually not drinking anything alcoholic at the moment but uh i do want to rep um a kind of new bourbon distillery that uh i actually got a chance to try it louder than life last year because of course it was canceled this year um it's kind of a new brewery it's called uh, rabbit hole they uh, uh kind of put a lot of money into the the look of their distillery because let's face it like the louisville area there's the bourbon trail there there's tons of distilleries so for tours and stuff like that you have to make it look nice to stand out uh, place has a great looking facility uh, they put out a, a bourbon and a rye and both are great personally i like the rye a little better um, but they're both affordable bourbons that are really good i got a chance to talk to uh, one of those distillers there that was doing interviews, talked to him a little bit. Uh, they won a couple uh, awards. I think it was, uh, they won a Blue Ribbon for best newcomer. So okay. it was pretty great. But uh, yeah, but like a, I, I'm kind of like Dan in the sense that more often I'm, I'm drinking beer, um, usually some imports or some craft beer. We just recently got a, uh, a new craft brewery, uh, brewery here in the town that I live in. And one of our staff actually works there and does tours but he's getting ready to move to a bar that they're putting in uh at the distillery um so hopefully we'll get some of that that beer for you guys to to taste on the podcast sooner or later oh yeah. for sure
2: and uh Kind of getting back to actual the, the episode and the content uh, contained within, uh, like oh, I yeah. said earlier, yeah, that whole thing. Like I said within, uh, I had the pleasure of talking with Kaylee and Mickit of Rivals. Uh, they are a rather newer band on the scene. Um, my wife has been championing them for the better part of about a year and a half now, and we went and saw them. They were the opening support band on uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus' recent tour that went across the U.S., um, Super energetic uh, live band. Uh, Kaylee is a a hell of a front woman. Uh, Everyone in the band uh, has an interesting look and definitely keeps your attention focused on the stage, which is sometimes something that's lacking when you go see a newer, younger band. Um, But this is definitely a band that has got a very uh, refined sound uh, from their Haunted, Hunted EP that they put out uh, beforehand uh, and definitely just kind of sees the band growing Uh, more to be who i believe they they want to be and who they actually are and are capable of being so kind of speaking more to uh the interview itself i think this is as great a segue since this kind of was a longer intro just kind of going over all things going on with the podcast but back to the meat and potatoes of everything is the interview itself so without further ado this is my conversation with kaylee and mickett of rivals and we will talk to you afterwards I have the pleasure this early evening of talking to both Kaylee Wolf and Mickit Whittle, not Whittle as I thought it was. Uh, how are you two doing this uh, uh, early? Actually, it's early afternoon, I guess for you. Or yeah, early afternoon for you guys. Yeah,
5: yeah, it's like two, so and it's like super nice outside today. So I haven't
1: it's been good.
0: outside yet. <laughs> no, you're living that rock star Jesus lifestyle.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what I already have done today? I walked. I, I we took an Uber two miles away to go to Denny's for breakfast. I drank a whole load of coffee and then we walked the two miles back to our house because we felt like walking. Uh,
2: I'm trying to remember where in California you guys are tentatively.
5: We're in Los Angeles.
2: Okay. Well, the time I spent in LA, I can definitely say that you can walk a shitload and not really feel like you went anywhere.
5: Yeah, because it's so big.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That none of yeah. you none of you fuckers out there like to do anything before like eleven AM, which I don't that fucked with me. Not only did the time difference fuck with me, but like I would try to go do something and it's like, sorry, we're not open until like noon and you're like, What the fuck is that?
5: Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that's because nobody nobody here works real jobs. So nobody <laughs> yeah, leaves guess. their house until ten AM.
6: That's <laughs> but true.
5: It's true, dude. I don't understand. Like I feel like nobody here has a job, yet everybody lives the most lavish lifestyle. I don't understand how it happened.
2: Oh, uh, it was expensive as shit going out there. I mean that and I think the other yeah. thing that I thought was funny was indirectly fucking with people, uh, by pre bussing my table. Mm. <laughs> people, were oh, like, people were like what's like, What the yeah. fuck? They were like, What's wrong? And I'm like, Nothing's yeah. wrong. I'm just trying to be nice.
5: Helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. See, that's not in our vocabulary either. We don't know what nice is. That's why I tore because us being the nice people we are, we don't fit in here. You know, so we got to go other places.
2: Well, then, no, are you kidding? Yeah, I don't we know. <laughs> are you from either of you from California? Or did you both move out there?
5: I'm, I'm born and raised California. here. One of the yeah. few. One Actually, of the few. All of, us, all of all of us are. Josh is from Orange County, which is like right here. Seb's from Whittier. Yeah. Um, I'm from Glendale, and then uh, Mick it's been in the Valley all over for like years. So.
6: Yeah,
5: I'm
2: kind I'm of old. That's yeah. wild. Typically uh I the joke is always like no one is actually from California. That's just a a transplant transplant city or state. It's
5: it's really lucky, true. Right? It's funny cuz I yeah, I've always said like people who are from here tend to be nicer than the people who moved here.
2: There's not that sense so. of entitlement, I'm sure.
5: Well, yeah, cuz I'm from here. It's my home, you know. Like I don't I it's nothing special to me in a sense, you know. It's like this is just where I am. This is right. I've always this is all I've ever known. So it's not like where some people are. They're like you know they came from a small town and they move here and they think they're hot shit. And it's like no, that's dang, fun. we attract jerks. It sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, that's that's actually a good I guess starting point for this is. You know, a lot of people go out there to, to make it, whether it be as an actor, actress, uh, band person, whatever creative endeavor it is that you want to get into. Does does mm-hmm. the fact that you're bringing so – that so many people come out to that area to, to make it, is it harder to kind of actually break through in, in – we'll say music for this instance. Is it harder to break through because of the oversaturization or is it easier because the cream will rise to the top faster because you're, you're not kind of – I guess uh, don't have that attitude. Maybe
5: honestly, um, we it's it's kind of funny because it's like we actually do better in more other markets than we do in LA. Like we kill it in Bakersfield and Fresno. We kill it in Colorado and Colorado Springs and Denver. Um, like we, it's just like every, we do really well in Texas, but like for some Texas reason we do we do we do we do good. In, i wouldn't say we do bad here by any means obviously um but like i think like we do better in other markets than we do here and it's just because in like a, in a sense like LA is like a really hard market to like break in in a sense because it's just like there's so much going on at all points of every day no matter what because the city is like a hundred miles in, like, in either direction if you're standing in the middle middle so it's like it's just like there's just it's like you have the pleasure of having a lot more people, but also the disadvantage of having always something happening. If that makes sense. Plus, no, well, totally. like everybody here is trying to do some something in art, so it's like it's it's just a harder market to like break in. It's like trying to be yeah. a country artist in uh, Nashville.
6: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the market here is so so oversaturated, and it's like mm-hmm. like we were kind of saying before, it's like everyone who was you know something awesome where they lived comes here and. Unfortunately, it's so oversaturated that you may be the most awesome thing or you may not be the most awesome thing. So trying to fight through, you know, like everything just makes it almost – And
5: I will awesome. say, I want to add to that, um, most people are not the most awesome thing. <laughs> 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 you know, I everybody mean, like, – it's so – being from here, living here, like always – this is like my home. I watch people come and go constantly. They're here for a year, realizing that – it's a lot more than they were expecting and then leave and like i know hundreds of people and i mean like probably even in the thousands throughout living here my whole life but like from people just who live in other places of, of the country who i met because they used to live here at one point yeah yeah that's very
6: true so that, mm-hmm. i say give them six months to a year and if you can last longer than that then you're here but
5: normally yeah <laughs> I've always made that joke, Mickey. I've always said that. I think I've we've <laughs> had this conversation before I think we about have, how, yeah. like if you can, we have like if you can get past a year, you're probably going to stay here for a while. But most people don't get past here. Like, you stay here for a year. So, yeah. Everybody. You... Everybody
6: wants. Everybody wants like their goal, their dream. But when you get here, you realize how much work you actually have to do to get there.
5: You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> most people don't like working. Should... Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah,
2: people don't want to work. Especially- <laughs> yeah, would you say that that's a, a an also a fair assessment in in bands being out there? Like, if you can kind of slag it out for a year and kind of make a name for yourself, that you'll probably be able to start. Because I mean, like, what's kind of weird is like you know I only have really to compare like our local scene here and like we have really good venues. Like, you know, you, you played here in Grand Rapids at one of our bigger venues mm-hmm. uh, and they've added since two two venues down in the basement. So now it's a, a very much multi-venue venue. Um, yeah. But you know, like in the heart of Grand Rapids, like now we have like a, like a nice little small theater that just opened up in the last little bit. We have the intersection, which has a 1800 cap or maybe it's 15, 1500 cap room, a 400 cap room, an 800 cap room and then like 120 cap room. And then another venue across a few, like a couple of blocks away that holds 420. And so we have different cap sizes that, you know, plus theaters themselves. Uh, So, I mean, it's like, we have a lot to offer a lot of touring bands, But we don't really have much in the way of like a lot of local spots for bands to kind of come up through the scenes, whereas I feel like, you know, and just in my time in in L.A., especially on the Sunset Strip, it's like, you know, you have the Viper Room, which still like I think we went and saw a a smaller national touring band and paid $15 to go in each uh, Mm -hmm. to see a bullshit band play a tiny die bar but i mean there's part of the <laughs> yeah, allure yeah. of there's part of the allure of going uh we went to the roxy to go see 18 visions play i know you have the whiskey you yeah. have you know obviously a lot of I, I feel like there's a lot of avenues for local bands or touring bands to play smaller rooms because of that vibe of like you know like it being a hotbed for for live music
5: you would think that, but um, <laughs> see, all those, all those, all those, all those venues on the Sunset Strip, like they force you to sell anywhere from fifty to seventy-five tickets, even to a bullshit local show. Okay. That's why people stop going there. People don't go to those shows anymore because they just kill are killing the local scene in general. So no, most of these venues make all these local bands sell so many tickets, like copious amounts of tickets, that it's just like. And Now all these bands are playing these like random like we, you think we would have a lot of venues, but we don't.
6: Yeah, they're getting rid of. Not a lot as of many Yeah,
5: the smaller ones die off really fast. You, usually like a year or two years, and then they're gone.
2: Seems to be the benchmark it was, it was of time.
5: Changed, you're paying fifteen dollars a ticket because they're the amount of money that those places pay to are like are are paid to even just stay open. Yeah. is asinine like yeah. just because they're their location if you really think about it
2: yeah there's a there's a bar so. here that basically is very similar to the viper room um and i remember when i went and so many people were like oh my god is it really cool i was like no it's like paying almost 20 dollars each to go to the fucking <laughs> mulligans and i was like mulligans is basically yeah. our local dive bar that happens to have like a an 80 cap I think you can actually fit like 120 people uh, into the the venue side of it, and it's just like they're like, "Why would you do that?" I was like, "I didn't know." <laughs> I was like, uh, "I thought uh, I could yeah. just I thought I could just go in and drink." I didn't know I'd have to pay a cover to get in, like, and I wasn't really too stoked when I did. Yeah,
5: yeah, but, and I mean, and that's what's like, it's 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 like, unfortunately, because of that, like, no one even really plays in Hollywood, really. Okay. and if you do, you're like a Hol- you're like a Hollywood band that like. Yeah, I guess most people don't well, make it. People won't even understand that reference, yeah, unless are from yeah. LA or, <laughs> It's a,
6: a super divide between like everyone else and then Hollywood bands, you
5: know. Yeah.
2: Would you say is it fair to
6: say
5: they're that like? like Good. No, no, no.
2: Go ahead. I was going to say, is it fair to say you know a band like you know because sometimes. And this is kind of a weird tangent to kind of get in, in on, but I think it'll kind of correlate really well into the, the progression of, uh, of you guys over the last couple wait, of years. Wait, wait. So.
5: I have a I have a really good example of a Hollywood band. Okay. That Trenton band. That just – that Trenton band. Oh, Threaten? Threaten. What is Threaten. his name? Threaten. Yeah. That's yeah. a great example okay. of
2: a Hollywood band. That's, that's kind of where I was going to go with it. I was going to say are Hollywood yeah. bands basically the bands that – either through knowing someone or paying to get on to good shows and so forth are the seemingly the perception is that they are a bigger deal than they actually are because of either knowing somebody or just paying out the ass to, to get on a show, buy on basically.
5: Yeah. The one thing that I've noticed a lot about make it, I don't know if you agree with me on this—but the one thing I have noticed a lot about like Hollywood fans is a lot of them tend to be trust fund kids whose parents help them get onto a lot of really cool things. Whereas bands like, you know, us don't have that avenue of having extremely rich parents who will buy us onto things. So it's like I feel like there's like kind of this like divide in a sense, and there's like all oh, this there's, there's also like kind of like an attitude that goes along with it. Like I don't know, it's just there's just like there's like the separation, and I don't really know how or why it happens, but it's. So I can see it? that.
6: I feel like I feel like most of the people, most of the people in bands that I know that are part of Hollywood bands, uh, are from other areas and they move to hollywood and they don't they don't typically uh have to worry about paying for anything uh you know like we were saying Mm -hmm. because their parents you know are nice enough to pay for them uh and then they just work on their music and they hollywood it doesn't seem like this from the outside but like when you're close to it like we are you don't realize that hollywood is a bubble and like if you live in hollywood you don't drive you don't go anywhere far. You just walk to anywhere on, you know, Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset Strip. And that's right. literally probably as far as you go. Yeah.
5: You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I got that vibe. And they don't venture out. And so so they, like, they get this like, this, like, this idea that they're, like, super cool, I guess. And then they're, like, oh, I'm huge in Hollywood. Look how cool I am. I know all these people. I can go anywhere I go or I want. And you're, like, okay, cool. Well, what about the rest of the world? <laughs> <You
2: know>?
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so.
2: But is there some sense? Is there some sense, though, that if you if you can make it there, that you can make it anywhere because of that? No, the hardship of trying to no. Okay, I didn't know if it was kind of like to your advantage if you can make it there, like because of the adversities you would have to go through.
5: I I don't know any band that's made it out of Hollywood (laughs) that's like gotten out of that realm of like that facade that they portray. I don't know if you have make it, but I can't think of a single. Not off the top a of my single head. single one. Yeah. As, of, as uh, The only thing that I've
6: noticed is that, like, if you if you make it in Hollywood, it's almost like you know everybody. And, like, Hollywood is only so big. It's only, like, a few miles. Um, and, like, then once you leave Hollywood, you realize that nobody knows
5: who you are. Nothing matters. People. Yeah, nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Okay. Yeah, that's the one thing that we've learned about touring is that, like, not even just Hollywood, because we're not big in Hollywood, I guess. Or we're not a Hollywood band. We're not,
5: but... we're not big anywhere. <laughs>
6: <laughs> but, uh, like, as soon as, we, as soon as we really seriously started touring, we realized that, like, the world, or not even the world, but just the U.S. as of right now, because it's, you know, as far as it's gone. But, like, uh, it's such a big, big place. And that yeah. the amount of people that you'll meet, like, they don't know who you are, and they never heard of you. And... Uh, they live, you know, a thousand miles or so away from you. And the only way they were going to know is the internet or meeting in real life. Mm. Like it's, it's just what your local scene is, has nothing to do with the rest of, you know, the world or the U S or where you live.
5: Every scene is different. You could, it's so funny because it's like some bands are like huge in one scene and another band will be not big whatsoever. And they could be the same exact genre and like could totally tour together and for some reason one is bigger than another but then you go to a different town and that other band is huge there and the other band's small there and it's just like it's super weird because it's like and that's but that's part of touring like some of sometimes like you'll be on a tour and you'll do an 800 900 cap room and then the next day you'll play a 200 cap room and it's just based on like the people there and how they connect with your music i guess does that make sense yeah <laughs> Yeah,
2: it does. (laughs) I mean, I've I've seen it. I've seen it, like, you know, going to see, like, every time I die is, like, and it's a thing I beat to death on this podcast. They are one of my, they are, like, one of my favorite bands. And I have, at this point, I've seen them play warp Tours, where they are, like, the band, like, everyone's going to see. But I've also seen them play to just about nobody. I've seen them play Mm -hmm. in the same room you guys were in on a headlining run. But then I've seen them play if you go to Detroit or Lansing or some of the other areas here in Michigan or in the Midwest as a whole. I've seen them play way bigger rooms and it's like there's no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. because it's like it shouldn't make a difference if you go an hour one in one direction. It shouldn't be like oh well here's like 400 more people coming, but yeah, unfortunately but it, it, it's, it's but exactly it totally is. It. And it, it's kind of weird, but it's like for me, I think that's kind of what's fun about going to like I'm excited to go to the Christmas show this year, like something I've always wanted to do. Because to me, Mm -hmm. going to see Every Time I Die in their hometown, their home state, at one of their annual Christmas shows, it's like, dude, this is going to be fucking insane. Like, it'll be to a level I've never seen. Like, I just saw them on that Fall Out Boy tour. We were one of four dates that they were doing on that Fall Out Boy run. And I paid a stupid amount of money to go just to literally see Every Time I Die and leave. But it's like I'm yeah. never, I'm never gonna see them in an arena. Like it's never gonna happen. Yeah, again. Ex- so
5: exactly, yeah.
2: It was weird, but I'm glad I had the opportunity to go and do that. <laughs> yeah, it's
5: so, it's kind of sad if you think about it that you have to be like you're like this is never gonna happen.
2: <laughs> I mean it. I mean for all intents and purposes it could, but the likelihood is oh, yeah. slim and none because none of the contemporaries they yeah. have, unless like Bring Me the Horizon's gonna take them out. I don't. I can't yeah. really think of another band in that in their genre that's gonna get that big to where they even a package tour. I don't think it's gonna be big enough to. Yeah. Because I mean, like they did that Ghost Inside tour with like them Hundredth and somebody else, and like that was in a eighteen hundred cap room. Like they <laughs> did the one with Hatebreed, Job for a Cowboy, Terror and somebody else and it's like that again was in the same venue you played at just in the main room so i mean it's like even some of the biggest names in that scene aren't even enough to fill an arena yeah that's
5: yeah, crazy this is crazy. so weird to think about
2: i know sometimes i don't know what people actually give a fuck that i know like cap numbers and, and talk like more business side of things because no one really ever comments on things like that but i always think to me yeah. like, that's the interesting thing because i mean that you know i was just making a comment to somebody else the other day actually about how You know, when I started, like, when I was getting a tattoo from my friend and we were talking about how, you know, you got into tattooing because, like, you liked art. You wanted to do this creative thing. However, as a result, now Mm -hmm. you have to be an independent contractor and know about your 1099s and, like, all this kind of stuff. You are basically a business owner and how all these things apply. And it's like you all had a passion for music. But as a result now, you are marketing people. You are branding people. You are... You know, the things that you have to know because of now this trying to be a career for you. It's like there's so many other things that you wouldn't even Mm -hmm. think that you have to know. But you do like, okay, like I can probably Mm -hmm. sit there and go like, what are your margins on your T-shirts? What's the you know, like you have to start knowing these metrics that you have to hit. And it's it's kind of wild when you really think about it and break it down like that. Like how much more is involved if you want to be successful that you have to start taking into account and and literally pay attention to and it's, it's wild like, well, when you start doing all that.
5: I, I feel like that's what comes into, like, okay, for example, how in the beginning of the conversation we were talking about how people realize that things are a lot more work than just making music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, well, that's, why, that's why people leave L.A. and they realize it's way too much work, and they don't want to do that. Like, it's simple. Sometimes it's, it's simpler to just go fucking work at McDonald's, you know? <laughs> and, like, <laughs> And that's fine if that's, if that's what you want to do and that's what you, that's what you're, whatever, like, go do it. But, like, like it, music is more, especially being, like, in a, a, a band that's doing well, like, there's a lot more that goes into it than just making good music. And, like, as much as I want to say, like, like yeah, it's, like, all, uh, and I'm all for the music, obviously. That's why I'm here. I love making music. I love I love writing. I love all of that. But, like, it, it really comes down to, like, there's so much more. Like you're saying, like figuring out your numbers. What what are you trying to hit? Creating goals. How are you going to hit that goal? How you know what I'm saying? It's like it's so much more than just like, I get to play music every night. (laughs) You know, because like people don't see don't see the aftermath of or the or the beginning of when we load in. We're counting merch in, counting our money. We load out. We you know we're counting our merch out, making sure everything makes sense, making numbers make sense keeping all our receipts, making sure our spreadsheets make sense, make sure there's money not missing, you know, like there's like all of these things that you go through and you sit down and you there's like, and if I mean, I guess you could probably stroll through it without doing it until you get fucking audited or somebody's being like, Hey, where's half the money that is, you know what I'm saying? Until like something happens. And then you're like, Oh, well fuck. And then like, and there's just so much more to it, but you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like just people don't realize how much more work is related to music than just music.
6: Yeah, you're not just getting together with your friends in the garage. Like you're starting
2: a business together. Yeah. You
5: know? mm-hmm. Well, that's where you even... you got to
6: understand. I
2: was going to say, that's where even, like, you know, something that I find interesting, even though it's very calloused and cold-hearted is when you listen to like Justice Podcast and he's like, you know, when you get together with a band like, and you guys are all jamming and and shows start happening or whatever, it's like, do you immediately start going like, okay, well, like you don't contribute anything so you get nothing and uh, everything's going to be split and you like start (laughs) coming up with like pub deals and splits and shit. And it's like, you know, a lot of people would probably be like, well, no, like we're all in it together. And it's like, well, yeah, but most bands, like not everyone's, it's not equal unless that, you know, it's like, okay. not, yeah. And so it's like, you know, maybe... It's just kind of it's it's like I said, it's just really fucking cold and calculated the way like he breaks it down like that. And I'm just like, fuck, you're so right. It is because like if this was anything else, you're going to start, you know, there's like a pay scale, a pay structure for things like this shit. And it's like, why is it that, you know, bands are the ones that, you know, it's all for one, one for all until it's not. And then it becomes a way bigger deal than it kind of should have been if you just would have had the awkward conversation right away
5: yeah no I I agree I just but yeah to go along but see like that was something that like I've had a conversation with Nick on like me and him obviously we're like really good friends we sit down a lot and have conversations like this so it's like uh, there's there's people who are good at the business side and that's what they do and then there's people who play the music and they tour with you and you know and they in uh, talk to fans, and like that shit is just as important as, as for sure. is the music like crazy as that is like and it's like it's hard because we try to make sure everything is equal for the most part, but like I like it took me a second to like step back and be like, touring is just as important. plus, on top of that, like they may not do as much as somebody else, but getting along with that person is half the battle of touring
2: <laughs> yes,
5: <laughs> but no, it, it, it
2: really
6: is so much who. It, I think I'm in a too, because uh, like you were saying, is that like uh, everyone kind of has their own um, their own thing, like strength, like strength. Yeah. Like I'm I'm OK at doing business. I'm not great with people. You no, know? <laughs> no,
0: it's,
6: no, it's, it's not. Just, it, you know, so that's why we have, you know, like other people to take care of that, because like, hey, like if it was just me on stage by myself, like no one would come. And that's reasonable, you know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but that's what i'm saying i feel like everybody in your band has to pick up some kind of slack in a sense. yeah like sure. whether it's yeah being a good person who talks to people and is a good salesperson like that's also important Somebody standing in your merch booth being like hey you want a shirt okay what about a cd like having somebody who has like the ability to do that like that's josh for us josh fucking kills it at the merch booth he's really good at like talking to people and Upselling. overselling them yeah and like that's important like Seb's really good at connecting with the stoners because he's a stoner <laughs> <laughs> but like but I wouldn't be good at that I don't I would not be good at that because I don't I don't I don't smoke weed you know and like there's like I feel like everybody has their things like make it's good with gear um I'm good at talking to people ish when I want to <laughs> <laughs> you're good at talking to other bands. <laughs> I'm good at other Yeah, singer. I'm really good singers at talking about like band to people. people.
6: Yeah.
5: Yeah. But I feel like singers also like have this like weird connection with each other. Like anytime yeah. a singer talks to another singer, it's like always like there's always this like I don't know. It's like this weird connection that singers have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean
2: I guess uh for those who are are Maybe wanting to know more about you as the, as the band and as the as the people, uh, I guess we should kind of segue a little bit into uh, you know your record. It was kind of funny going back and listening to because uh, my wife actually is the the one who kind of introduced me to you guys uh, and gal people you people. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you can call me a guy. I don't care. I'm uh, pretty much a dude. My my grandmother would lambast me if I said that because whenever she would, uh, if we went out somewhere, she would be like, "I don't know about the guys, but us ladies or whatever." Uh, and coincidentally, yeah. I get called my wife and I get called ladies and, and you gals all the time. So uh, I know that it sometimes it. it's it's a bit annoying. Yeah, so, but um, but no, I look, don't, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> going back and listening to uh, the Haunted Hunted uh, EP. It was kind of interesting to see the cuz I hadn't I didn't know that there was another album out before uh Damn Soul. So, it was kind of interesting to to go back after really only knowing the the album that's out now and going back and listening to the EP. Excuse me. And seeing how much of a growth there was from from one to the other. And I had found an interview uh I think actually the whole band did it, but both of you actually were the two that talked the most. Um And Kayla, you had said that that, uh, basically you were touring with Mickett's old band. And then when he decided to leave uh, you, you know, he had kind of been like, oh, I know you can sing. Like, let's let's start this this thing. So how because you didn't mention a time. So how long between when that happened to the EP coming out, how much of a of a period are we talking from kind of inception to now we have this this product
5: out? So we toured together when I was seventeen, and the only reason I remember that is because Micket had my mom sign a waiver that I could go with them because we were going over state lines and I was a minor. Oh yeah, um, I didn't even think about that. And, yeah, yeah. It'd be legal. So my mom, my, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah. That kid, that's fucking kidnapping. Um, yes, no, <laughs> but, um, but no, my mom was like, yeah, cool, whatever. And so I went on tour with them, and I was shooting photography at the time. Like I didn't really, I didn't, like I always sang. But I never really like thought about doing it as something serious by any means. Mm-hmm. And then, like at like uh, eighteen, um, I ended up starting to make pop music, just kind of for shits and giggles and for fun. And um, at like what tw- was like tw- what twenty? So this was two 2000- thousand, this is two thousand fourteen. So yeah, I was twenty. And um, uh, make it hit me up, and he was like, "Let's make music," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> So I, like, I think like it was more like it was probably like more 2013 because um, we didn't really put anything out for like a while after um, because we were kind of just getting everything together and like the whole writing thing. And, so it was probably like 19, and then uh, we wrote "Haunted, Haunted" when I was it was then, and then um, then immediately after finishing um, "Haunted, Haunted," like literally the almost like one of the next songs we wrote um, was over it, and that was the first song we wrote for Damn Soul.
0: Okay.
2: It was uh because, yeah. like, what's kind of interesting, and like I said, is just the the growth from kind of being, I guess, more of like a. a it kind, of, I always feel like labeling anything kind of makes it a disservice. But I was gonna say, kind of like a, a pop punk kind of vibe to it. Whereas, like, I feel like yeah. it, it's it's one of those where I like, feel like it's, it is the classic example of a band just kind of getting together figuring out who they are and then usually like i mm-hmm. think there's a reason damn soul kind of feels like what i would say really is a perfect representation of what rivals is um because it's more yeah. more fleshed out has more continuity between the songs and, and themes and stuff like that it, it feels like a, a full-on band realized not we're figuring mm-hmm. this out and i don't know if i'm kind of putting too much mm-hmm. on that or if i'm on the right way
6: Oh no, you're
5: you're totally right. right. I actually think, yeah, I, I think one of the biggest contributors to our sound was actually our Heathens cover, to be okay. honest with you. like yeah, That was like I a really do. great gap in between us going more like poppy, heavier synthy. Yeah. And like, we loved how that song turned out. And it just kind of, we just kind of pushed towards that direction. And that's just kind of what happened. And I guess it, as the people keep telling us it worked out in our favor. So. <laughs>
2: Kind of funny because when I was listening to it and I don't know why, because I'm I'm not the biggest fan of this band, but there this I think it's this there's a couple of instances uh musically and, and vocally that kind of remind me of a uh, mainly of Lacey and uh fly like early flyleaf Like it has like this weird, kind of very <laughs> big dynamic, like hook driven kind of poppy stuff. And it's like part yeah. of me kinda of wondered how much of that is because it's like, oh well, of course it's another like female fronted rock band or whatever. But then, part of me is like, no, because like the thing I liked about Flyleaf more so than than actually like who the vocalist was or whatever was just the 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 way the vocals actually were and kind of like the content like the, of the lyrics and the way that the band seemed to work really well and like I just said like knew who they were and they played off a lot of their strengths and to where you don't really notice like oh I don't like this song because of X Y or Z it's like I don't I kind of like everything just because it sounds good like even if I'm not a hundred percent on that song like it's like well I, I like everything so and that was kind of like a weird thing for me where i was like <laughs> man i haven't thought of flyleaf in fucking forever and god i love them i love them so much <laughs> i was gonna ask if that Every was time potentially we get that an comparison influence for you guys it,
5: it you know what's funny it's it wasn't at all by any means um but i did really like them growing up so maybe like subconsciously okay. you know like you yeah, i didn't that? realize it
2: did you say you've gotten that comparison before? I oh, mean, yeah. I've
5: gotten every female-fronted comparison on planet Earth. So okay. <laughs> I've gotten in this moment. Uh, actually, the only one we haven't gotten is hailstorm, but that's kind of because our we don't even even remotely sound or close. I get in this moment a lot because of, um, vocally we're both kind of like um, very dramatic in a sense. I um, and then I get would got that. yeah, and then we get flyleaf because like the the heaviness with the poppy vocals, yeah, which makes sense. Uh, we've got an Evanescence, which that one I don't really understand too much. Nope. Uh, maybe The Synth. That one I can – I guess maybe mm, The Synth. Maybe. Um, of, of course, every female-fronted man on Earth gets Paramore, so um, Paramore. Um, I do hear a little bit Paris. of that,
2: but maybe it's more of the vocal delivery, like some of the, the, the w- enunciation of words yeah. is more – I hear it more.
5: I would also – I'd also be a damn liar if I said she wasn't an influence because every, <laughs> I think every, she was like, she was essentially the staple in our generation's female, female. I corrected. would say you know,
2: regardless like, of gender, she should be a lot of people's uh, yeah.
5: staples like, if you're saying she's, she's just, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, she's, she's super strong. She's controlled. Uh, there's just, I mean, a lot that goes into it, but I think a big part of that one is it's the power Yes. And the delivery, yeah. in a sense. Like, we both have, like, very strong voices, um, which, you know, that's, I, I guess, is my voice. I can't really keep telling. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, we've we've gotten pretty much every band you can virtually imagine. There's been ones where I'm like, I don't even know who that is, but thank you. <laughs> I've, I've gotten Halsey. <laughs> I've gotten Halsey. Uh, I've gotten a lot of pop artists. Uh, before as well so I think it just I think it just depends on what you're like who you, the person as a human being likes or has liked and um what you take from it but um obviously we've gotten the flip side like we've gotten some weird weird comparisons before that I'm just like okay sure <laughs> 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 <clears throat> um,
2: so something you know <clears throat> because I feel like I mean and I, like I said, I, I wasn't really aware of the band. I don't think you guys toured too much on that EP <clears> um, <throat> that I can recall.
0: Mm.
2: That I, at least through trying uh. to dig a little bit and look uh, look online and be like, oh, Rivals two thousand fifteen sixteen touring, and I, I didn't come up with a whole lot.
5: We also disappeared and uh, changed our name. We were RVLs for a couple years. Well, um, so
2: you you pulled a Harvard.
5: It, sure, Ooh. we like we yeah we okay so it's funny we were rivals we were felt out rivals when we first started um and then when we released haunted haunted uh we changed it to rvls
0: Uh
5: um and then we kind of rode the rvls till uh right before damsel and then we added the valve back in and for people who have been here since then were really confused at the time they were like why are the valves back and we were like you know we felt like it (laughs) because we're still rivals it's still the same name we just Sometimes we take the valves in, sometimes we take them out. And that's also why all of our handles are, we are RVLS.
2: Right. Well, I was going to say Harvard, uh, they were a band kind of in the vein of, it's kind of hard to pinpoint them, but very much like an indie, like a kind of an indie rock with like kind of a little bit tech leanings a little bit at times. Um, Mm -hmm. But they were Harvard for, a record, and then the college sent them a cease and desist, so they just took the vowels out and they
5: became HRVRD. <laughs> so that's great. The whole wait, how can I thought it uh, It depends on like trademarks are like depending on like it's a music, like you can't get a musical group compared with a, or confused with the college. I guess they probably would I, have been
2: fine. I guess well, Harvard sent them a cease and desist, so like straight up, um, they could
5: try to sue them. <laughs>
2: I guess when you're an indie band, though, you probably don't want to take on a major elite Ivy League school, especially one that's kind of no, known for, uh, I think they're known for, like, lawyers and their uh, yeah, judicial... Yeah, they are. Yeah.
5: That's, that's what I would anyway harvest. It's law school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't think I would
2: fuck with them either. Um,
5: they got thousands of lawyers. Pick one.
2: Yeah. Um, but no, like... Something I uh, kind of wondered too, with you know, being like being a, a more <clears throat> younger band. I mean, you guys are tentatively like not experience wise, but just as this band are you know three years, four years, going on four years old. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you've you've kind of have been around since Apple Music, Spotify, like all these things have been mm-hmm. readily available for a lot of people, and you know, something I kind of yeah. wondered, you know, <clears throat> do you find that that has. Because like, I remember when the big MySpace boom happened, um, and you were getting a lot of bands, like the MySpace bands. Like In This Moment actually was a good example of a MySpace band who just basically – they Carolina. Were like, okay, that's another good one. Yeah, for sure.
5: 303. 303. Broken
2: side. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I mean, I guess those are all really good examples as well. Um, but just bands basically that kind of didn't need a, a label behind them to do anything because they had these platforms to kind of <laughs> DIY it and build their fan base mm-hmm. naturally. So, what's kind of you know kind of interesting now in the day and age of excuse me, analytics, you know, being readily available on iTunes, Spotify, like hey, these are where your songs are li- like impacting so on and so forth. When you're looking mm-hmm. at touring and maybe you can see like, you know, I don't feel like singles are as much of a thing as they used to be because you know, looking at like Damn Soul I think like two or three of your like bigger songs, I don't think are technically singles. I I may be wrong on that, but you know, just kind of thinking about like the single culture, how it used to be versus letting your fans kind of pick what becomes the big hits off of a, of, off of a record. Do you pay attention to those kind of things and kind of take that into consideration when like going on a tour, like, okay, like a song, maybe we weren't expecting to, to land at all is like our third most popular song that we have. Like, wow, crazy.
5: So our song uh, to Layla, um, was, it's the last song on the record. It yep. actually doesn't have as many plays as anything else or anything. But when we play that song live, I have people who cry on my shoulder. Um, I have people who come up and just hug me. And like for something, there's something about that song that just like people connect with really, really well. And like, even though it might not have most plays as um, like, say over it granted over it was, was a terrible example because that was like our biggest one but um like doesn't like live wise has probably the highest connection rate than any song that we play live or have recorded besides maybe maybe moonlit right so um yeah, wait, I don't remember the question. Just basically,
2: this <laughs> just basically like in the in the day and age now where analytics and all this kind of stuff are, are readily available to a band uh, for you guys being so so young. D- does it help inform you, I guess, like if you oh, were to take a okay. single or to make a video, like maybe you might be like, oh, well, this is going to be our, our next single off of this. And maybe it would be like, you know, if we're talking about... Um, you know the the newest damn soul like you know maybe you might be like oh gunslinger might be the single and then you find out it's like oh well talayla is actually a way bigger it does way better as a when we play it live so maybe that's gonna make me mm-hmm. rethink like how we invest into doing a video or or <laughs> whatever
5: so okay super weird when we like first we're like okay we're gonna do these th- three songs of singles which is the three we released prior to the album they ended up actually being probably our most um, connected with songs in a sense when it comes to like analytics online, uh-huh. um, which was over at Low and uh, Moonlit, right.
0: um,
5: And then we filmed Damn Soul, um, which was the second single. We actually ended up choosing Damn Soul because it was one of the highest ones that didn't have any push behind it and it had the most streams. That's okay. kind of the reason we ended up doing Damn Soul. Um, and then we did Wild Things. Uh, which was our most recent one. We did like a live video for it just because we had the footage and I don't know. I thought it would be kind of nice to share kind of what our last year was like with everybody. So then we did wow things. Um, And I still want to do a video for gunslinger, but I have a really cool video idea for it. And if I can't do the video for this video for it, then I don't want to do a video for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I have a really specific, really, really cool idea that I want to do for gunslinger and if we were going to do it, uh, we would need a lot of money. And I don't know if we really want to spend a lot of money. Um, so we might end up pulling the idea from gunslinger, and um, yeah. and putting it on one of the newer, the newer uh, album songs, if it fits. Okay. So there's a fun fact. But, I mean, we've done five songs, videos for this song, but like technically singles for the songs, um, if, if you want to go by videos. Right, um, and two of them were decided technically, or I guess technically one was decided because of um, because of the place. Right. <clears throat> to sum it all up,
2: you know, you kind of just talked about something else I kind of wanted to hit on. Um, you talked about you know basically with uh, Wild Things being more or less a tour diary of sorts, uh, encapsulating like yeah. the tours you did. Um, you know. Something I, I've been noticing a trend, uh, I would say in the last year, where there's a lot of updates that bands are doing where it's like, okay, we play like this week we played three shows. Here or even some in some instances, like I know Glasshaw, when I just went and saw them, they post a video, like a little minute and a half video of whatever show they just played the night before and then it'll be like, Yo, inside yeah, whatever town yeah.
5: We did that all summer.
2: Yeah. So you know, it's it's kind of interesting because, you know, there's this weird <sighs> fine line of, like, oversaturating your, your fans with too much content, but then there's yeah the other side where it's like, well, by doing this, you kind of make the fans that were at a show feel important because, the, you know, they got their little moment of having something made for, that, you know, other fans are seeing, but then the flip side of that is maybe it'll entice other people who were maybe on the fence or didn't know you were coming because... I'm sure you've gotten the, hey, when are you coming to Insert Town here? And you're like, bro, we just played there like two days ago.
5: Yeah, we get that all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
6: So, um, the, big thing, uh, the big thing on this one is that, like, uh, I agree with the, the oversaturation thing. I know that it's it's kind of hard because you give people too much, then, you know, why should they care? They could just see you on the next video diary or video blog or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's like, if this was, say, 1970 there were no video blogs, there was no real, there was no internet. Uh, so you could like get a vinyl and sit there and stare at this vinyl and listen to it in your room and obsess over a band for God knows how long until you saw a flyer when they came back. Um, and now with, you know, the internet and, you know, smartphones and everything that it is, um, people's attention span is just, you so know, gone. It's like, you know, you get like 10 seconds for everything, because they can just find something else online. Um, And a lot of times, you know, doing video logs, stuff like that, or even, you know, like the little show promotion things for the night before and the night after, uh, it helps the people who are there look back at the time that they were there and be like, oh, that was awesome. Um, And also share with people who didn't know and be like, oh, okay, well, they're going to be here this next day or here that may be close to me. Um, But even more than Mm -hmm. that, like, uh, people nowadays really want to be able to relate They really want to see who you are as the human being. Um, And sometimes that 30 second clip that's on Instagram about how our show was yesterday, or just us talking about something stupid we did in the van. um, It, it really, it really tells people who you are as a band and who you are as a member and who you are as a human being. And sometimes you can even see something like that nowadays and be like, you know what? I wasn't sure about the band and the music like it's just okay or it's awesome or I hate it but the person itself kind of the person themselves kind of seems like they like they're cool and right. you know I'll give it a try you know and sometimes it's especially depending on what's going on in the video or like what tags are and stuff like that uh it's almost like instead of trying to throw one rock into a cup you just took a whole handful of rocks and just threw it at a cup and we're like well one of them might land in there
2: you know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna say how speaking to the importance of that, like to kind of grow your brand and, and get try to engage your fans as much as you can or try to grow in new ones. You know, I think uh, a thing that I kind of noticed too in in having you guys stay here and seeing it was just you know Matt, your photographer, videographer, however you want to whatever you want to call him, camera um, guy. Yeah, you know what is the importance of having someone like that actually with you that seemingly is or not even seemingly it is is basically another part of the band like it's basically the 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 member of the band that doesn't actually get on stage and play with you but it has that other like we were saying earlier the, the another intangible that you know adds to the overall f- product that is rivals uh, i am gonna okay.
5: say okay okay do you want to do this on, or go, do, no, do no, no, you, no. You, you okay you go first because i've got okay the answer. Go okay i think i do too i think it is I mean, on our, I will say that me and Nick's views might be opposing. I don't know, because uh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, um, I will say that people are constantly asking me, and I mean constantly, um, and sometimes I don't always get back to people because it gets kind of overwhelming and stuff, but I try my best. Um, but people constantly ask me, like, how do you guys promote? Like, I don't understand. Like, you guys are constantly doing things. You're constantly, like, everything you put out is amazing. It's great. It's great quality. Um, I constantly see your name, I see you guys everywhere, um, and a huge portion of that is having quality content to push out to people, and people are more likely to share something that's quality than some crappy photo taken with somebody's iPhone um, at a show. You know, like, having, having quality content is so important, in my opinion, and, like, I can always, I can, like, I don't know if it's just me, but like, I can feel it when a band doesn't have... Like you know that they don't have like a photographer or or somebody in their team that's like helping them with their um, the way that they portray themselves on the internet because you can see it it's just straight up obvious and that's why like there, I feel like there's like a separation between like um, like a lot of these like signed bands who have people run their pages for them and like their labels have like full blown graphic design teams and they kind of like help them but like and then there's bands like us who like yes we have a label but our label is very small so like we do most of that ourselves. And, like, and, you know, we reach out to people like Matt Bender who are able to extend that importance of the way that we portray ourselves on the Internet and, wh- and like, how we push ourselves and why. Does that make sense? I mean, like, I yeah. So. No, I, mean,
6: I actually very much <laughs> agree with that. Uh, that wasn't what I was going to say, but I do agree with everything.
5: Oh. That you said. <laughs> um, Okay. Okay. Um, we agree. Let's see if I agree with you.
6: Uh, okay. So I was going to say that, uh, your crew is so important. Uh, Mm -hmm. they, they're like the unsung heroes. And I I know that Kaylee feels me on this one because she's been, you know, a crew member before she's been somebody who's not been on stage, but on tour.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
6: and, uh, those twice, twice, (laughs) those people that you don't (laughs) hear about, that aren't on video logs that you know like aren't on stage the entire time singing and asking you to wave your hands they're the little pieces of the big picture that make everything what it is like yeah Matt Bender is an important human being because like Kaylee was saying is we may look good on stage but if no one else can see that then it doesn't matter you know uh you have you know like Bus drivers You have Guitar techs You have All these people Who do these little jobs That you'll never Hear about And they won't Get credit for it At least not You know It's so true You know That like Those people Should be getting Like Mad tips Every day Because They Make sure you don't Slip on bottles On stage Or when Shit blows up They hand you A new guitar That you have no idea Where it came from You know It's (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) No
5: Granted, we don't have any of that. We just have Matt Bender, who we are very appreciative. Um, yeah, he's our, like, he's
6: our, like, dude. He's our MVP. He,
5: he kind of does everything. Like, he helps us drive. He is, he's shooting photos and videos while, like, pretty much stage teching, like, stage managing to make sure we don't die on stage. And if we need anything, he's always there to help us. And, like, he's kind of become, like, our, our, our superhero um, who, you know, sleeps, between on the floor between our bunks, <laughs> 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 but like it's, it, but he I agree, Mickey. I agree with that one. It's, I agree, yeah. that's very true, also. Yeah,
6: those people are super hey, Mickey, important.
5: Mickey, hey. we agreed,
6: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we don't agree a lot,
6: so yeah, that's not we true.
0: Just
5: com- we just, it's compromise. like 50 50,
6: that's compromise.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's that's basically <laughs> the uh, key to any successful relationship. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about you guys working with Cody on Damn Soul. Um, wh- I'm trying to remember. Was he actually did he actually produce the record? I'm trying to remember the vinyl uh, and remembering all the credits uh, at the bottom of it. He, he, or did he only produce? So- just say yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay.
5: He, he was. A, a, he worked, a few different. He yeah, we worked with a couple of different people on different songs, and like some people worked on some and some people worked on others. And, um, but Cody did a lot of drums and a couple like synth stuff, and uh-huh. he did, a, um, he did a, a few things on this one. He's doing a lot more on the newer one that we're writing right now, um, yeah, than the last one. And so, um, this one we're working with John S.B. and, um, Cody right now, and then, um, yeah, we're just kind of riding around. Like We're just working with a bunch of different people on this one just to kind of, I don't know, get some different avenues, you know? Trying to yeah, feel trying it, to out and... it out. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: The question I was going to have, though, is I was going to say, what did he bring to the sessions for Damn Soul that you guys felt were missing from Haunted, Hunted?
5: Um, besides looking absolutely gorgeous the whole time. Um... I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> it. Uh... do you agree? Do you
5: do
6: you, No, uh, no I don't uh, but, uh, when, what, I'm what, telling what from, him what he brought from Haunted Hunted. Uh you know, I'm actually gonna say and mm-hmm. this this may not seem right to everybody, but uh being that uh with Haunted Hunted, me and Kaylee really wrote like all of it, most of it, a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, being with the producer and stuff like that, uh I feel like we tried not to bring most of Haunted, Haunted We tried to just let that go. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. know, like that. Such an evolution, <laughs> such a change. Like, *Damsel*, when we went into writing it, uh, before, you know, like, Cody had been involved, and even, you know, after Cody had been involved, and when we had talked to him, it was like, Damn Soul has to be not just a like a new version of Rivals, it has to be the evolution. It has to be what we want to be. You know, not what we are, but what we want to be and past that, you know? Mm-hmm. So we really, mm-hmm. didn't, uh, we really didn't look back at Haunted I and mean, be like, let's sound like that. We were like, forget that. Yeah, let's not at all.
5: We're <laughs> better and bigger, you know? And yeah. we're kind of doing that on this album, too. Okay. Yeah. Not like totally, not totally forgetting it, but we're definitely like, like we're definitely going to have, I, I, we're just being a lot broader on this one. We're going to have some poppier songs. We're going to have some heavier songs, definitely heavier songs. We're gonna have songs that sound like damn soul. We're gonna have like, I don't know. We're experimenting. We're trying. We're trying to be the new Twenty One Pilots. I think Bring Me the Horizon is <laughs> trying to be the new Twenty One Pilots, according to them. Yeah, Brilliant. I don't care about. <laughs> I think Bring Me, Bring Me Slays everything they do. I just want them to continue making music. That's all that's important to me.
2: Well, I think it's the obvious that they have been able to expand on their sound and really hone it since they added a, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, Kevin, whatever their uh, I don't know. samples guy is
6: Oh yeah. 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 I know you're
2: about. Because he like produced the last record and everything that he's been able to do to help flesh out the, the live sound and also what he does on a, cause I mean like, it's funny like when a lot of people give that band a lot of shit and I think what's kind of interesting and, and I'll actually ask a question based on this, this band and the correlation I'm about to make, but you know, with bring me, like they ended up bringing that dude in and he was able to incorporate a lot of the extra things that they were doing more in a live setting, kind of like, uh, uh, I can't remember Mr. Han from Lincoln park. You know, you got a lot of, even if you go to like chimera and you can go to, uh, um, Sean and the other dude, I can't remember that he replaced, but basically like having a live sample instrumentation type person and an ancillary player, we'll call it, um, With a lot of the stuff that, like, Bring Me's doing, like, I think, like, if you didn't have that guy and you're just basically playing to tracks, it's kind of like, well, having that extra person allows you to kind of add more stuff and not rely on a computer, um... Is that with some of the 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 backing tracks and stuff like that that you guys have, or the tracks that you guys use in your songs and the synths and so forth, is that eventually something you would like to see? Is just being able to bring someone else with you to help kind of flesh out these songs in a live setting without having to rely maybe on a on effects and backing tracks and so forth.
5: Yo, I love our tracks. I'm gonna be straight up. <laughs> like, I know everyone's like. I know everyone's always like, oh, make everything live. But like, the reason our like we're so crazy on stage every night is because our set is the same every single night. And when you do the same thing every single day, you're gonna get really good at doing it. So it's like, I feel like that's like part of like why we are like, when people see us, they're like, God, you guys are so tight. And it's like, because we do the same thing every day and everything is on the same 30 minute track. And you're playing with in ears, like, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I, I, you know, I don't. I forgot what I was gonna say. No, you're basically I, were I, that, I you basically saying that you know you guys me.
2: play the same set every night and that you guys are really tight because of yeah. because of that.
5: Yeah, Micah, do you have anything to add?
6: Yeah, I would. I would love to at some point, like myself, start doing you know some of the live sampling stuff. Um, Which I thought it was kind of funny that you said uh, it's different than having it on a computer because, you know, technically a sample pad just works, you know, like a computer. Right, 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 right. But uh, uh, I would love to start doing some of the sampling stuff just because I'm there for a good portion of it when it's being written. And, you know, like I tend to be the guy who knows the songs in and out, you know, even instruments that are not mine. Um, But something that I've always qualmed with a lot of people on is that, It's not that you can't play more instruments. Hell, I could play like five instruments on stage, which would be awesome. Uh, But when you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes shit hits the fan, or sometimes you're not paying attention, or Mm -hmm. sometimes you get caught in the moment with people in the crowd and you forget about things. And as of right now, you know, like I only have to worry about playing one war drum on the front of the stage and my guitar. That's really a, the only things that I have to worry about. And the more that I add yeah. to that, the more I have to run around. And it's not a bad thing. I think it looks great live. And like I said, at one point, I do want to do it, especially when I have say like a better, or not a a better crew. But a crew because yeah, yeah, you know, I More than just Matt. He can't do everything, you know. Um, But uh, when we have, you know, more money or more crew or stuff like that, then we can worry about that. But as of right now, it's like, hey, all of the setup is just us, you know. And it's like I have to do, you know, a whole backline, and adding more things just makes things more
5: complicated as, as of right now. And, and something that means... I, wait, make okay, it, and I, just really quick, I just want to pop this in here. And I yeah. don't think we could put anything more in our trailer. It is so full. <laughs> 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 so so it's so, like literally to the top full of stuff. Well, you need because to we keep a, trailer adding light a trailer in a trailer. I know, we're going to have to get a bigger trailer. Okay, they make it their
2: But
6: uh Might as well
5: get a bus. Actually, you <laughs> joke.
2: That, uh you know. the fucking Crowbot dudes got a school bus that they've since converted. I've
5: seen that. I've seen those. I have our good I friends in Scarfield and Time um had one of those before it took a giant explosion one day. <laughs>
6: unfortunately. Um but uh, yeah. something that me and me and Sebastian always joke about is that like um there's a lot of choreography in our set um and we're pretty much like backup dancers. So <laughs> you know it's it's hard to backup dance but so you gotta do other things too. And we'll we'll definitely get into it, you know, but like as of right now we gotta, you know like backup dance. It is what it is.
5: Yeah, until we have a full blown light production and like movement isn't nearly as serious as um, you know, cause like it, it, through time, like granted, I don't think we'll ever stop moving. I don't think that's like in any of our no, blood, no. but, um, yeah. I like, like until we can slow down a little bit and the lights are picking up the slack of us being, doing more on stage, like instrumentation or whatever, then, um, until then, like, I, I think the tracks are a good idea cause it keeps everything simpler. Tight. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Take your battles, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just always funny when some people, a lot of bands, there's the the various leanings where it's like, like, I think my thing is, like, I don't mind backing tracks at all. I just hate when, like, if I don't see someone literally, like, like, the drummer, if, like, the drummer's not doing them or there's not like a drum pad and all this but it's like you just clearly have people who aren't doing anything and then they're just playing to the track through the, the the mixing board through the pa and you're like okay well not only is no one actually controlling this but they're really not even playing like that's when i start getting upset and being like well now you are broken side now you are just a fucking joke <laughs> actually we have
5: we, have, we have, hold on how it we have two guitars we have two guitars, but one guitar player.
2: But I mean, with looping stations <laughs> and stuff like that, and even I mean, like I remember going. We to don't see,
5: even do it's on the track. We have our one of our favorite. I'm a really good guitar player.
2: <laughs> think, that's like one of my favorites. Uh, was oh, fuck, I can't remember what what tour, but at one point, Hatebreed lost Sean Martin, or maybe it was just Sean Martin and the other <laughs> guitar player had left, and so they still ran the second guitar player's rig, and Sean would just run an AB pedal. And so, like, when the breakdowns would come, he'd, like, light up the other – or basically run the other uh,
0: guitars and shit,
2: basically. So it sounded like two guitars doing a breakdown yeah. part. And I always thought that was pretty rad. It's like, well, we don't have two people, but you know what? We're just going to set up like we do, and he's just going to learn how to run two rigs at once. Interesting. Um, yeah. So there's, there's wow. always fun Make
5: things it. like that. Make it. Make it. Get on it. You need a <laughs> double-neck guitar. You need a oh double-neck guitar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're going to be the new uh, – who the hell did I just see that has one? Uh, it's a band I don't like. Oh yeah, uh, Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> I don't.
5: I've never. Really listened to that. <laughs> um, okay, but uh,
6: onto onto what you are saying is um, being being a, a, a crew person for what time that I was and being on more than a few tours. I'm gonna tell you right now, what you think is going on is not what's going on most of the time. That's yeah. You know, like I've seen singers that are not singing i've seen guitar players that are not playing oh yeah
5: we've we ran into one of those those
6: this year (laughs) is uh, i'm really starting to realize more and more that as long as well actually this kind of comes down to what me and kaylee really been saying since the beginning of this is that there's a difference between uh being a musician and being an entertainer and i'm not saying that you should fake Mm -hmm. it i don't fake it and nobody in our band fakes it just because we have to keep an element of You you know how raw it needs to be but (laughs) <laughs>
5: uh, Damn it, you can't, Mickey. You didn't laugh. I I do
6: it well. Uh, you can you can get away with a lot of things. Oh that yeah. nobody's going to notice. You know.
2: Yeah, I've watched. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that that I I notice because uh, a lot of times it's like, oh, where's the best place to hear the band from the soundboard, and then you just kind of like look back. Sometimes you're like, holy shit, that's an awful lot of tracks that are being ran. Oh, vocal vocal one track. Oh, okay. Main vocal track. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's like you would think more people would be a little more like Wizard of Oz like that with that shit. Like, not let anyone really be able to see that. But like, like I, going to Warp Tour two years ago now, it, and like, and having an all access pass, I was kind of shocked. at, I mean, I wasn't, but I mean, to some degree, there were some bands that I was like, I didn't even think you had tracks at all, let alone this many. Like, holy shit,
5: mm-hmm. and.
2: I kind of well, see. Well, I mean,
5: sometimes those are those are because people are running shit through like like Axe Effects, and it's being it's like their tones are being changed through
0: right those
5: programs. So it's they could. I mean, it could just be the tracks you're seeing aren't aren't actually tracks. They're just like vocal effects. program changes. Oh, okay, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it. Does that make that makes sense? I'm not like, crazy. Fine, just kind of. Yeah. Uh,
6: but uh no i i agree it's it's really one of those things that like like you're i don't you know every time i die i, I don't know if the what their track situation is at all but you know like whomever anyone else's favorite band is uh it's you'd be surprised that when you listen to them live like it sounds amazing and there's a damn good reason why you know because it took a lot of work <laughs> like put it to you this way go to some garage show and listen, and then go to, you know, any, you know, 800-cap room. Well, like, they're
5: running track. I think the like room – like, well, yeah, and the room has a – I mean, but granted, if you took that, that garage band and threw them in the 800-cap room, they probably wouldn't sound nearly as good as the band that has oh, been yeah. playing in 800-cap oh, yeah. rooms for a while. Yeah. Cause I found, but I that comes you know, from like, –
2: <laughs> uh, but, uh, I find so you're a saying long Nirvana ran tracks? I get it.
6: Uh, <laughs> no, in the, the no, '90s. Even back then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that there was something else backing them. Like I don't, I mean, I wasn't around to see them play at all. But like, I, I wouldn't doubt that there was something else being played to make it sound as good as it is. Because as a guitar player, especially as one guitar player. Um, being both rhythm and lead and like switching back and forth with our backing tracks, which is like what I have to do the entire show. Um, you can't, you can't sound for one as full and as, as, stereo
0: right.
6: as you would if we were two guitar players. And even just as a, say, if I was just rhythm the entire show, uh, you can't sound as stereo because even in recording and mixing, mm. uh, like we don't record Three tracks of the same exact well—that sounds confusing. We don't record on three tracks no. the same exact time, the same right. exact guitar, because right. it just sounds like something louder. Right. Um, you need, you know, that fluctuation, that difference, of the way that it's being played, the way that it's being hit, uh, and you just can't do that live without something else giving you just a hair more. You know, I've I've actually been side stage uh, when a band that I won't name. But uh, their guitar yeah tech, probably
5: not a good idea.
6: <laughs> their guitar tech played acoustic guitar on the side stage where no one could see because it needed to fill out a part. And it's because it just is what it is. Like it probably you know, it probably wasn't all tracks and, you know, heavy digitalization, you know, uh, you know, for Nirvana, but there might have been somebody side stage. I don't know. You know, it's very possible. They sounded great live and there's probably a damn good reason why.
2: That's why I always like Foo Fighters. Like people are like, "Why do they need three guitar players?" And I'm like, "Actually, there's four. The guy in the back that also plays the like organs and shit, he's also playing guitar. So there's technically four guitar parts being played at once."
6: (laughs) That's exact. See, that's what it is. That you sit in the front and you're like, "Why do they need this?" So they're like, "Wow, why does this sound so fantastic?" And then you know, like when you actually know what's going on, you're like, "Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense." Yeah. I mean, I'm not disappointed. I'm just like, "Fuck this." takes a lot of
2: work (laughs) yeah i would i would rather have i mean that's kind of why i mean foo fighters are a band i still haven't yet to see but i mean i'm a huge ass fan and watch a ton of documentaries and shit on them but it's like when they brought Pat in and they had the i don't know the other guy's name but he's in a lot of their like band photos now the ancillary guy but it's like and i mean that's kind of exactly what i'm saying is it's like to me bring that dude out have him play guitar have him play some backing drum like percussion have him play keys have him do backing vocals like i would rather that dude be on stage doing all that shit even if he's behind everybody else like let let him be there because at least then i'm going to be like okay there's an awful lot of shit i'm hearing that just is there's nobody accounting for it like so and i mean like i said i i understand why people have backing tracks and sometimes it's it's financially cheaper to, to not pay someone oh, to, yeah. to do oh, yeah. <laughs> all of that. So, I mean, I, I get that as well, but it, it still is one of those things where if you're a band of that level, uh, you know, Foo Fighters level, it's like, well, then by all means, please have the other guy come out and, and play because, you know, I want to hear all the things that are on the record between, you know, your main rhythm, your secondary rhythms, your leads, your, you know, melody leads and all this kind of stuff. It's like some people, like I said, some people are just like, there's no need for four guitar players. And I'd be like, well, you're wrong. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and see this comes back to what we were talking about earlier our unsung heroes yes your crew is so important
2: <laughs> yes um because sometimes fourth guitar player <laughs> speaking of unsung heroes that's not really a good segue but i don't care um you guys are <laughs> ship you're doing ship rocked uh, which i believe will yeah. be your first quote-unquote international touring
5: Yeah, and technically
2: on... yeah
5: if you if you count it as international i mean we are playing in water. <laughs> well, I
2: mean, you're, you're not, I think you're technically not in the States once you are wherever the hell you're ending up.
5: That, that's true. We're in, I mean, we're technically not an international land. We're an international tour, water touring band. Yeah. You're a you how you get
1: there.
2: Well, maybe <laughs> one day you'll be an international air travel playing band as well. And that'll <laughs> Yo,
1: If we got it,
5: if we got a jet, Everything's done. Life is complete. I don't even need to breathe. I just need a jet. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Are you, what, uh, I would like to breathe.
2: What are you most looking forward to uh, for that?
5: Honestly, food. sitting by a beach. Oh. <laughs> 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 sounds good to you. It's like we get paid to go on vacation, and I am so hyped on that.
2: Yeah. I was hoping to go this year and then uh I didn't realize how much of a pain in the ass it is to to, to be able to go.
5: Yeah. Like it's, the it's passports aren't Houston. the easy
2: are the easy thing. It's like you have to know somebody who's been on before. It's like this weird like cult thing where it's like, Oh, do you know someone who's already been on? Well they have to basically vouch for you or I mean I'm kinda of joking with it, but it is a bit of a process. Like basically like, the people who yeah, like, the people who have already <laughs> gone years before are the ones who basically like get first dibs on tickets and so forth. So basically it's like oh. if oh, you've shit. if you've been the year before, then you get like heads you up are, on yeah. and so it's like one of those things like, where I'm like gone. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh okay, so and then yeah, it's, it's a it's a bit of a thing. So I think next year, a friend of ours has been going since like 2012. Um, she's like, well, if you guys want to go yep. next year, like I can get you, I can get you guys like on for next year. And we're like, all right, let's. I guess plan for that. So 2020, yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess uh, will be the hopefully the year I get to go. Uh, although I don't, I don't know how I feel about being on a boat. But yeah, well, I don't know either. Wear-
6: None I- of us have done it. I'm gonna wear a life preserver the entire time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't swim. So, you know. Before I, I rap before I wrap it up I saw a really funny slash terrible uh joke. Uh so it was uh, it was like a astrological science uh thing and it was like uh if you were on a Titanic look at the month to see if you survived and everything was a survivor other than Leo and I was like that's funny.
5: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> 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 that's
2: pretty great.
5: Like it took like, it took me like a split oh. second
2: when I saw it. I was like, "Why did Leo not survive?" Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> oh, Leonardo DiCaprio! Oh my God! Uh, wow! It took him so long to get. Him. Did you see?
5: Did you see the the Christmas moth meme?
2: Is it the oh same as the regular moth meme?
5: <laughs> it's so funny. It's a, it's like a house with a bunch of Christmas Christmas lights, and uh-huh. it says, "It's the most wonderful time of the year." And the moth is wearing a Santa hat, and it says, "You're damn right." <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Um, oh,
5: I love... oh, okay. Really quick. Seb got yelled at by a hobo for a moth meme on Memories.
2: For a moth meme?
5: Yeah. Like, well, how would how would a hobo he, even know what the it's, meme it's is first uh, and foremost? It's more complicated than that. But... It's really complicated. Okay, I'll tell it really fast. I'll do it in two minutes. Less than two minutes. Okay. Pretty much uh, Josh and Micket went off on a tangent and like went to go get some coffee somewhere and then I came back. Yeah, what did I say? (laughs) You said my name. Fuck. Josh and Steph went to go get some coffee and me and Micket and Taylor were all asleep in the van Um. And we come back or they, we can hear, I can, I wake up and I hear Josh and Seb are outside talking outside the van, wherever we're in like a city. And then all of a sudden I hear some guy yelling really loud. And then Seb is like, what the fuck do you want? And I was like, Oh shit, here we go. And so I get up, and <laughs> start putting my shoes on and I get out of the van and I guess, Seb, uh, and this, we really had to call the police. Like he like pulled a knife out and shit. It was like, it was actually pretty crazy. Um, um seb was taking a picture of a thing that said lamps for sale or something uh-huh and the hobo was like kind of like 90 degrees No, know he's probably more than that. he's probably 100 degree 200 degree, oh that's too far 140 <laughs> degrees in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> like he wasn't even he wasn't even facing him at all and the hobo's like why are you taking pictures of me and laughing like obviously the guy has like something wrong with him he's like right. not all there which is I feel sorry for the guy, but but he was like fuck you, like I'm not even talking to you, and so he gets he doesn't even get the picture of his for his meme. He walks back and this this hobo starts yelling at him. So yeah, Seb uh, Seb got yelled at by a hobo for a moth meme. I said he didn't even end up getting because yeah yeah. So yeah, uh, we are rivals. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, what are the rest? I mean, you good, already good talked song. about. Uh... <laughs> you already talked about how you're currently working on some new stuff. Uh, other than Shipped Rock, what does 2019 hold for for the band? God, I have no the idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like you just—I mean, um, the, the weird thing is, like you tentatively, like Damn Soul. Uh, yeah, Damn Soul isn't really even—I don't think it's a year old yet. So, I mean, is no, there it's, still no, life until February? Yeah. So, is there still life behind the record, or are you still kind of? Wanting to tour behind it, or is it kind of ready to to keep going with the, something new?
5: I think Go until ahead. we write new music, we're gonna to have to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, exactly. we're not rushing this album by any means. So um, we just have, we're always very like black and white with like our like what we do. So like um, we'll always tell people when we're writing and when we're not, or what we're doing because we're not very good at holding in secrets. So, (laughs) that's the biggest problem. I love to tell people what we're doing, um, and I also just like the black and whiteness of it. It's like, hey, like I know a record. We're still touring on it, and I hope you guys still like it. But we're starting on new stuff because that's who we are as people. And it could take us two years. If it takes us two years, hopefully, people are still here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: And then, uh, (laughs) wrapping up, uh, where can everyone find you and or the band?
5: Uh, you we can find in me Los in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> WeHo, if I can remember. Is, this, is, this is what our friends make it. Um, and then <laughs> uh, you can find us on the media. Um, all of our tags are we are RVLS. We are Rivals without the vowels. Um, our website. That's our website, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, our uh, <gasps> Uh, YouTube. You can actually type into Google uh, and all of it comes up. Yeah! Or Spotify, or all of it. Hold on,
2: And then, lastly, I always like to the end these out with a song, so what would you like me to play it out to? Doesn't even have to be yours if you don't want it to be. Ooh. Um,
5: Can we do ooh, 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 make it we have to agree. Um, Architect's Doomsday.
6: <laughs> okay, I'm down.
5: Yeah.
2: Right.
6: But
5: that was the
2: fire. So that was my conversation with Kaylee and Mickett of Rivals. Dan, you couldn't be there because I think you were probably preparing for the holidays in one way, shape, or form or another. But what did you think of that?
3: It's pretty good. I learned a lot about like what kind of people from California I should avoid and which ones I shouldn't avoid. <laughs> um, a lot of that. I like hearing interviews with new bands. I like I like kind of hearing new perspectives and kind of ideas about you know where they where they're going to go, what they're trying to get out of the experience, and all that. So. I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you have to ask some of those questions, like when did you get together? What did, you know, all that stuff, because like it literally doesn't exist for them. You know, well, it is kind
2: of weird because I mean, like even if you go to like back to like the interview I did uh, last year or so with uh, this Leith from uh, a or some of these other bands, literally these are like the first interview some of these people are even doing on a scale like this. Um, I mean, like one of the ones that I remember is uh, Jeremy from Earth Earthgroans. I went to Google anything that he had done and I couldn't find a single fucking interview. And when I had him on, I was like, yeah, sorry if these questions suck, but like, there's some things like I, I, I can't find literally anything on you. And he was like, yeah, I think this is like the first interview I've ever done really. And so it was just wow. like, wow. Okay. Like, so I am literally breaking you into this, this whole thing. And I'm not saying, you know, with Kaylee or Mickett that, You know, I'm breaking them in as far as doing interviews. I definitely have come across quite a few interviews online with them. But, you know, perhaps the thing is in doing these, you don't know who has seen these, who is a fan of this band, who isn't. And then you also have to do the due diligence for the people who are coming on to hear, you know, someone from one of their favorite bands come on. And so you kind of got to find something that's fun and interesting to talk about. And, you know, I think the fact that, you know, Kaylee... It's interesting that both of them are at a point, you know, like Healy does graphic design and and her, you know, dating Cody from uh, the Browning and having him help with their, their writing and recording and so forth. I mean, that was kind of an interesting story. And I know people have probably heard that to death, but it's just kind of like, you know, it's interesting now. And I kind of like there's been some things I saw and I think I mentioned it in the episode itself where it's like, you know, she was talking about, you know, it really sucks that like, you know, when you're when you're the love of your life or whatever. I'm trying to not to necessarily put love words into her, her mouth, but um, that basically stating that, you know, Cody was over in, in Europe, uh, touring with the Browning. And I guess he was having a real shit time and she was feeling upset and bummed because like, she couldn't be there to console him. But like, it's one of the few instances I can really think of where it's like, she of all people can really understand what that's like because she is maybe not in a band at that level where like the Browning is, but can understand like what it's like to try to like to have to do all these things because you're 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 trying to make your dreams come true and you're trying to break through to that next level that kind of gets you more consistent touring opportunities, more consistent money and so forth. And you know I think that's an interesting dynamic to to their story is you know that aspect of things like you know she's dating Cody, he works on their music with her and so forth. And I, I think that's kind of interesting. And you know will it always be that way? I don't know, but um i i hadn't really seen a whole lot be mentioned about that so that was something i kind of wanted to hit on a little bit
3: yeah i know you definitely hit on it i mean that was a lot of information i didn't know especially whenever you're like breaking in breaking in new artists then i feel like i have to go listen to their music and you know um kind of, yeah and uh i definitely like i definitely liked what i heard um it's kind of a good contrast to the kind of shit that i, that I usually listen to you know <laughs> and um I can't can't wait to see what they got going on in the future. Just see uh, what kind of longevity that they're going to have for us.
2: I definitely think it's one of those where I think the best is yet to come from this band. Uh, And like I said, my wife has been trying to go see them for a long time and has been championing this band for a while. And, you know, i got to say, a lot of the bands that she does that for, I I actually really enjoy having uh, getting to talk to. I've been able to talk to a handful of them. Uh, I'm going to knock on wood and hope that I can get Winston from uh, Parkway Drive on maybe in the new year. Um that's do big, it that's a big band she's really been into the last little bit all that being said uh if you would like to keep up with rivals uh you know you can find them on the social medias the the facebook instagram twitter uh basically we are rivals r v l s no vowels as you heard the story as to why and uh, if you would like to follow Kaylee and mickett it's simple enough Kaylee wolf k a l i e w o l f e and at Mickit x m i c k e t t x on twitter instagram and dan oh, where can people find you?
3: Well, you can find me on uh, this podcast. Or actually, I, ha- I kind of I moved recently, so now I live at metalnexus.net. Oh, okay. Um, that's where I currently reside. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook, Neil Terry. You can follow me, Metal Dan, and uh, you can find my other podcast discography discussion at discussmetal.com.
2: And if you would like to keep up with our show sponsor, the Bean Bastard, you-, you can find them at thebeanbastard.com. Sadly, my favorite blend is going to be no more, I heard. The Shitter's Full Blend is going to be gone. It's all sold out. I was told that there's two more bags that uh, I'm going to be getting here pretty soon because it has literally become my everyday coffee. Uh, but I am excited to try the Bruce Lee, uh Brew. See, coffee brew still works. Name works on a lot of levels. But I have heard through the grapevine that perhaps the Shitter's Full Blend will come back as something else, that'll be more of a mainstay. So if you weren't able to get your hands on that, uh, there's going to be that. If I do get one of those bags, I'm still debating on sending Dan one, but I'm also really selfish and I want to keep it for myself. So maybe you'll get a half bag.
3: <laughs> I'll, send you, uh, I'll send you your corn thing back uh, this week and you know maybe you'll feel better about it.
2: Oh, okay. If you would like to keep up with the podcast, uh, we are in the process of actually getting new socials. We are going to start all over. uh, But for right now, uh, until those are all officially done, because we're waiting on a graphic and some other things, uh, it's basically going to be at Brutally Speaking on Facebook. Uh, I think it's going to be facebook.com brew speaking pod, just to make it easy and unanimous. Uh, Twitter is at brew speaking pod or brew speak pod. And Instagram, uh, if you're already following me there, I'm just going to switch that. Maybe I'll make a new one. If I make a new one, you know what? It's probably going to be at BrewSpeakPod. How about we just say we're doing that? It's going to be under BrewSpeakPod. And uh, probably going to have to make a new website uh, here in the next little bit since the other one will be worthless and I can't change a donate main. Uh, so uh, look for Brew BrewSpeakPod.com or net or whatever to be a thing. Um, merch will be available soon as well and as you heard Dan say you can go to metalnexus.net find this podcast, find interviews with other band people find show reviews, photos Uh, there's lots of contests that happen throughout the year, especially uh, contests to win concert tickets and festival tickets so head over there, throw them a like throw them a follow whatever it is on whatever corresponding social media go to metal nexus let them know that we sent you here at the brutally speaking podcast formerly johnson title podcast and we are going to end this episode as we always do with a song and as you heard kaylee and Mickit say well really kaylee because she just was like Mickit. i know what we're gonna pay uh this is doomsday by Architects, which they put out a motherfucker of a record this year if you haven't jammed that or doomsday do yourself a favor And go listen to that record. Maybe when we do our year-end top albums of the year, that might end up on one of our lists. Hint, hint. So for the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you guys next time.
1: Yeah!